It's time for Bring It Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Thielen Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liveax Marine in Isle, SW Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Pine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. And welcome into this week's show. It's amazing how quickly summer is flying by. We are going to talk a little fall fishing. Uh, Ray Gildow has got a spotlight on Mission Lake. Steve Sapaniak's been all over Mille Lacs, so he's got the latest out there. Brent Beimert will drop by, talk a little early season bow hunting. We're only a month out on that. And another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick off the show with our Lake and Field segment brought to you by Oars and Mine in Crosby. No matter if your goal is pike, trout, walleye, or bass, Oars and Mine gives you 10 different ways to get the bite. The next time you're in the Cuyuna area, Oars and Mine is a must-stop located on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we kick the show off, as we always do. Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League joins us, and Ray's got a whole bunch of stuff for us uh, this week. Uh, always fun to talk to him. And I, I guess, Ray, we'll start off on Winnie, as we always like to do, because, uh, you know, things are, are always happening up there. They really are. And uh, last week uh, up at High Banks, they had a tournament for uh, veterans. They had 35 veterans and a, a number of guys who served as uh, volunteer guides. And then they also had another uh, walleye tournament on the lake. It wasn't just at High Banks. So there was a lot of activity going on. And I haven't gotten a report on how the tournament guys have done. But uh, for the most part, uh, panfish have been biting up around Tamarack Point. If you go around and uh, go around the point back into the uh, vegetation, there's been a, still a good bite back in there. Uh, and the interesting thing, too, is the walleye bite's been spotty out on the big lake, out in the, on the reefs. But they're uh, starting to catch a lot of 10 and 11 inch walleyes, which is, uh, I think, bodes very well for next year for walleye fishing on uh, Winnie, because uh, you know that's uh, probably the last year's hatch, probably 2016 or 2017, I'm guessing. So that's a very good thing, and they've been catching a lot of those on uh, just little wrapping jigs, and uh, they've been been getting quite a few. The musky bite's been kind of slow, and a few northerns are being caught. And there have been a, a number of wall or crappies rather being caught up on Cutfoot Sioux. For people who know uh, where to go on Cutfoot, that's uh, a, a little lake that attaches to Winnie, and uh, that's also been very good. Then just kind of sliding down to the Brainerd area, uh, there's been a pretty good walleye bite. Uh, there's been walleyes biting on Gall, the Whitefish, and Edwards. And jigs and minnows and lindy rigs have all been producing uh, walleyes, and they're, you know, they're down a little bit deeper now. We're seeing cooler evenings; that water temperature is dropping down, um, so the the lakes have cooled off. And we've had a few little storms come through; had an inch of rain, half an inch of rain here and there, and it's dropping the temperatures down. And you can actually, on these calm days now, you can actually see that the vegetation is starting to turn, and some of those real bright green. Uh, uh, weeds are starting to start look a little bit brown, which is sort of discouraging, but, but it's just the reality of coming along in the fall, and that's one thing we see when the sun starts dropping in the sky and the days are getting shorter and the water temperatures are dropping down. 
The bass bite has been very good, too, um, on most of our area lakes. Uh, I fished with just one customer on one lake this week, and we caught 16 in, a, in four hours, which wasn't you know a great, but it was still pretty good. And uh, we're starting to see, um, I think you'll start seeing a migration of these fish now. They'll probably start moving into a little deeper water during the, the course of the day. So on the, on, in general, it's been a pretty decent little bite. Uh, the bait sometimes is still a little bit hard to come by. But uh, if you can get some red-tailed chubs, I think that would be probably your best bet. Big jumbo leeches are kind of hard to come by, but those uh, red-tailed chubs, if you're, if you're going to be out fishing walleyes, I still think that's probably your best bet. This week I'd like to uh, highlight one of the lakes that we don't really talk about very much in the Brainerd area, but that's Upper and Lower Mission. And uh, for people who know the area well, Mission is not a secret, but for a lot of our tourists, and people who don't get out uh, beyond the major lakes that we talk about on a regular basis. Mission is about 10 miles north of Merrifield. There are walleyes usually stocked in it in alternative years. And Lower Mission is a large, dark, bog-stained body of water. And a lot of guys like to hit that early in the year because it's dark. It warms up very quickly. And <clears throat> it has a very good population of largemouth bass, medium-sized but very good numbers, Northern pike numbers are good, small to medium, I would say, it's fair to say. And the crappies are very good, excellent population of crappies in both upper and lower mission. Average size is medium, as with sunfish. Uh, those are, mission is probably one of our better panfish lakes in the area, and the numbers aren't, they don't get big necessarily on average. They're medium size, but they're very, very nice. Uh, the upper lake is about 817 acres in size, and the lower lake is about 698 acres in size. And there's a public access on the west side, on upper, on Highway 109, and it's a concrete ramp, so it's a very nice public access. And if you go down to the lower, you would take uh, Highway 116, County 116, and there's a nice uh, ramp there, too, and that also is concrete. And there's not a lot of structure in the middle of either of these lakes. Uh, I think Upper Lake is probably 36. There's a hole that's 36 feet deep. That's probably the deepest you'll find there. And then if you go to Lower, you'll find some 25 to 27 feet of water. That's the deepest. And it's easy to fish because you can pretty well work around the edges for the bass and the sunfish. And there are there's a few points where you can look for walleyes, and the structure is it's not too You get a little map. It's not a hard lake to figure out. And uh, I think you would enjoy it if you have an opportunity to go, that's again, to Upper and Lower Mission. <clears throat> and then one other thing, just to kind of wrap it up, Ryan, I've been doing some research uh, because I write for about 23 newspapers. I've been doing research on our water quality, and uh, it's pretty well assumed by most people in the industries that work with water quality that most of our lakes from Highway 94 south are impaired. And by impaired, I mean they have high phosphorus concentrates, uh, concentrates. They might also have high mercury concentrates. And a lot of these lakes you'll see in the summer, high algae contents where they really turn green. Uh, and those lakes are impaired. And for the most part, and not every one of them are impaired, the deeper lakes uh, stand up much better than the smaller ones. Uh, you'll see a lot more algae there, and it's a lot harder to control it. And it doesn't mean that these lakes couldn't be repaired but the cost of doing it would be so extremely high that it's just not something that most people, uh, most area water conservation soil districts even want to make mon monkey with. 
But from the lakes north of 94, which includes the whole Brainerd area and uh, everything from here to the Canadian border, we consider it to be in very good condition. And uh, part of that reason is a lot of those lakes are deeper, a lot of them are bigger, and a lot of them don't have the development on them that our lakes in the south of here do. And uh, the uh, thing that is somewhat uh, surprising to the people who are doing research on these lakes we are finding some phosphorus. There's phosphorus is natural on lakes, uh, in, as is mercury. There's mercury in the soil, and there's phosphorus in, the, in those lakes by the natural uh, being. But we're finding that some of the lakes are getting a little more phosphorus on them than we would consider normal. So there's been some research done by the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency, Beltrami County. Uh, the Chippewa Tribe also has invested a fair amount of this. And one of the things that they're finding, and I, th- I just found so fascinating, is some of our phosphorus in our northern lakes, and I'm talking specifically Winnie, Leech Lake, and uh, Red Lake, that phosphorus is coming from the air. And we're finding out that the source is the Red River Valley. And we're finding out that part of the reason for this is that when the crops are harvested and that soil is left bare over the fall and the winter, that uh, is thermally transported and that uh, by dust basically blowing through the air and it's distributing that dust back over our lakes in northern Minnesota. Now it's not at a crisis level or anything but it does uh, uh, suggest to the researchers that that the thing we can do about it is to work with the farmers in the Red River Valley area. Uh, We're talking all the way over here by fertile Minnesota and start planting cover crops to reduce this from blowing in the fall, winter, and spring, because that's when we see this. And some, they've actually put out pipes in the snow, and they can see layers of uh, the uh, sand and the, the black dirt coming from the west. So I just thought that was very, very interesting. I thought it's something that's really we can do to stop that, because the one thing we don't want in our lakes <clears throat> is algae. Algae is poor for fishing. It's poor for pets. It can kill pets. And uh, so I think that's something that uh, the University of Minnesota is working on. So anyway, we know that the uh, that uh, cover crops can really do a lot to protect those lakes in Minnesota. And so there's a real effort to uh, work with farmers to cover the, put cover crops in, not only to protect our lakes, cover crops keeps that soil intact on their farm fields. So it's very important. So the bottom line is weather is great. Fishing is pretty darn good this year. If you've got an opportunity, get out there and do it. Uh, it's well worth your time. There you go. Some great stuff as always uh, and great information as always from Ray Gildow, Nisswa Guides League. You can check him out, raygildow.com, as well as all over social media. Ray, I really appreciate all the information you bring to us each and every week, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy, okay? All right. Thanks a lot, Brian. All right. When we come back, Steve Sapaniak has got the report out on Lake Mille Lacs. He's been doing some bass fishing, some walleye fishing, and a lot of musky fishing out there. So he'll have the latest when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Lakes Area Flood and Fire are your local flood, fire, and mold restoration specialists in the Lakes Area. From the ground up, they want to protect your investment and the health of you and your home or business. Instead of simply fixing the symptoms, they dig down to the root of the cause so it doesn't happen again. Their staff is IICRC certified and has an impressive track record of successful remediation projects and flood dryouts. Lakes Area Flood and Fire, providing services that help keep your home and family safe. 
You're listening to the place for everything outdoors in the Brainerd Lakes and beyond. Brainerd Outdoors Radio, just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. Now here's your host, Brian Moon. Let's head out to Malax, get the report out there, as we always do, from Steve Sapaniak with uh, Predator Guide Service. Steve has been spending a lot of time out there on the water, as he always does, and uh, doing a lot of musky fishing, I would assume, maybe a few other trips as well, Steve. Uh, how's things out there? Things have been up and down the last couple of weeks, Brian. You know, the fishing, when the, when the weather is normal, has been great. Uh, we've had a number of different evenings, again, where we've got nailed with storms and everything, and the water temperature drops 2-3 degrees, and the air temperature has dropped from the night before about 8 degrees. So that has hurt. We've had, uh, we had quite a few of them here the last few weeks that has happened, I think three or four of them. Uh, it takes two days for sure for everything to get back on track, but once they're back on track, Brian, the bite has been very well. Everybody's had their chance. I'd say 98% of my people have had their chance at a muskie, and the trophy pike are starting to come along strong. I've had a number of uh, outdoor Brainerd, Brainerd outdoor fans listen to the show all the time. I've had a number of them the last few weeks, and, and I tell you, some of the fish we've been catching and losing and seeing has just been incredible. I'm really happy to see all these people, and like every one of them said, they are great big fans of Brainerd Outdoors. So, hey, kudos to you, my friend. You're doing a good job. Well, I appreciate that. You know, we, we, we try to do the best we can to uh, not only entertain but educate as well. And And the one question I had for you, Steve, is, you know, August is normally what we like to call the dog days of summer. But we've had a stretch here now about, you know, days of 75-degree highs. And, I mean, we've gotten down into the, you know, lower 40s, actually, overnight. How has that been affecting fishing out there? Great question, Brian. Normally, I would say it's been terrible, you know, and everything. But with those stable fronts we've been having, besides the occasional cold fronts we just talked about, it's been turning into an early fall bite. I have really been surprised to see it. Normally the bite we're starting to experience, and I'm using the term starting to experience, doesn't happen until mid-September. We're tying into some awful darn big pike, which has been great. The walleyes are starting to concentrate again in the shallow areas like they do usually in September, October. And so uh, and the muskies have been starting to move pretty good, and we're seeing some big, big fish. So it's like an early fall bite happening. I just hope this weather continues. I can just see us now at the end of September, middle of October, and we get 80-degree weather to turn everything around again. But, yeah, it's a great question, like I said, and it's been really productive for us. It's been helping us a lot. Will it continue? That's up to Mother Nature. Does that change what you're throwing out there, Steve? It does. It does. You know, we're starting to increase uh, the size of our lures. We're using, uh, well, you know, everybody knows I love the Suic jerkbait, one of the best jerkbaits made on the market. There's a lot of them, a lot of good other jerkbaits. That's been my favorite because I started using that thing 40-some years ago. We're going from the 9-inch, 10-inch Suics and even the 1-foot Suics to the new Franken Suic. It's about 14 inches long. It's double-weighted, triple-weighted. It gets down about 5, 6 feet if properly used. And we're getting some pretty good-sized muskies and pike on the lure. One of my clients uh, a couple weeks ago threw the Franken-Suic at a muskie that was on the surface. I told him, give it a chance. What are you going to lose? Nothing. You know, first catch he made, she hit. He nailed the hooks good and hard. And that was a problem. The hooks came out, which really surprised me. These lures are built to last forever. So we're experiencing big fish, Brian. Bigger-sized spinner baits. We're not throwing the smaller bass-sized baits. You know, even though I love the Fidelity Muskie Candy Spin, we're starting to go big into the rad dogs and stuff this time of year. We're incorporating heavy uh, glide baits, too. You know, 
know, so right now everything is going up in size, and that's been well worth it. So if muskie anglers are hanging out there, or even any other lake, Steve, uh, maybe think about a fall pattern type of thing going into this weekend? Definitely. I would, you know, consider the idea that it's time to increase in size, maybe work a little faster, Brian. If you're not getting the end results you want with the fish, you know, follow, uh, seeing the bait or following the bait or even catching them, maybe slow down a little bit. You know, with the cooler evenings and everything, it's uh, one of those uh, mornings where you start off slow, then as the water temperature gets in higher, then increase your speed. With those bigger pike, too, is it time for sucker minnows yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, we've been using the Sacramento's on the trips and everything. I'd like to use the 8 to 10 inch, and now we're incorporating from 10 inch to 12 inch has really been successful for us, so that's been doing a good job. I wouldn't go no bigger than 12 inch, not until we get into the musky season uh, with Sacramento, by which is October. Then we're using uh, Sacramento's up to 20 inches long. And how about the walleyes out there? How are we doing? They're doing fantastic. You know, everywhere you go, you're seeing the walleyes. I'm still hearing from people the walleyes aren't there. Come on. I mean, if you don't know how to read a sonar, that's the problem. You don't know how to read it. You, everywhere we go, we're seeing walleyes, Brian, and they're biting. Bobber bite with leeches six inches off the bottom has still been the most productive for us. Uh, meet your census guy at the landing. Be honest with him. Let him know how many you caught. Uh, one thing I noticed, though, uh, last time I talked to a census guy, and I'm not trying to knock the DNR, but uh, I told the census guy what we had for numbers, and he went up to my client and he would try to fudge the numbers and so i'm wondering are we given accurate descriptions of how many we cut or are they changing the numbers on their end don't like the way that ended up but you know what there's nothing we can do about it and you always said steve uh with bass bite out there hot calm sunny days we haven't had a lot of hot days um is the bass bite slowed down it has. It has. You know, a lot of the small malt are being caught right now in anywhere from 12 to 19 feet of water. Some of them even were taken in 22 to 26 feet of water, which is really deep. Uh, drop shotting is probably the best way to go. You know, have your presentation maybe a foot and a half, two feet off the bottom, you know, and just let it sit there. Sometimes you're going to have to sit for minutes on end. Do you have the patience to do that? I, I do at times, and at other times I don't. I like to run and gun. Smaller ones are still in shallower water, Brian, as far as the smallmouth goes, so you can always pick them up there with fast-moving marabou jigs. Jig and pig in the uh, mix of the bulrushes and cabbage has been productive for the largemouth bass, but they've slowed down also. It's like things are starting to transition and for some species and not for others. You know, on the good side, a lot of big pike and muskies and walleyes. On the slower side, smallmouth and largemouth are paying the price. And one last thing, Steve, uh, panfish, perch out there, somebody wants to maybe, you know, take the kids out or something like that. Uh, is that okay yet still, or are we waiting a few weeks yet? I think we got a few weeks to wait, Brian. Right now what's being caught is your smaller bluegills, you know, I'm talking five, six, seven inches, you know. Uh, perch are still small size right now. Crappies, they're sort of hard to come by. Uh, give it a few weeks yet. I think we're going to see a lot of action picking up in the transitional area, even down around the St. Cloud area where my main home is. I live in Wacom Bay all spring, summer, and fall, but around Way Park where my main home is and everything, I like to keep track with some buddies who are chasing panfish, and they said they can't find them. The last week and a half has been tough. So it's transitional for them. Give it a few more weeks, things will pick up. There you go. Steve Saponiak, Predator Guide Service. Check him out, predatorguideservice.com, and he's also all over social media as well. Steve, I appreciate the uh, great info as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, my pleasure, Brian, and thank you. All right, when we come back, we're going to switch gears. Brett Beimer with Beimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop will drop by. We'll talk a little deer hunting. We've got 
basically a month out from the bow opener when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. We'll switch gears a little bit uh, from talking a lot of fishing to a little hunting. I mean, we're basically a month out before the uh, archery opener for deer season, and Brent Beimert joins us, Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, just west of Brainerd Baxter, there on Highway 210. And and Brent, you're, we find you basically, you're you're kind of putting in some, some last-minute food plots here uh, for fall. That's something hunters should not snooze that a little bit and making sure that their fall food plots are ready to go yeah um we still got time for certain stuff um i just threw down a bunch of buck forage oats um grows fast deer love it it's just it's a great product easy to plant um you know there's a lot of time for oats and wheat rye different things guys can still get in so they don't necessarily if they haven't done it um you still got time. I mean, you can plant that stuff into September a little bit because it grows so fast, and it's pretty easy. All it needs is dirt and water. So, um, but some of the some of the turnips and different things like that, you know, we're out of time for that. You know, they won't get even hardly mature at all. So it's pretty much down to an oat or a wheat that they can still get in the ground. You know, we got a little dry for a little while there, but now we've had some rains lately, and and. Uh, you know, I got some oats that I've put in that are kind of staggered a little bit, and and they've been doing great. The ones that are coming up, and then now I got more going in today. Uh, hopefully, a little rain, maybe Monday or something. But um, yeah, we got time. And trail cameras right now are a big thing, Brent. Uh, if people don't have those up, their trail cams and everything. They need to get them in the woods as well. Yeah, absolutely. Take an inventory if you're looking for certain deer. You know that. Uh, that you couldn't get on last year, get your cameras out there and and, um, and see what's out there yet. We got uh, the Cuddy Link system is just an awesome working camera. It's, um, you can put multiple cameras up. You can get 15 cameras all linked together to send to one camera or to send. You can get the cell service and, and you can send it right to your phone, all 15 cameras on, on your phone. That's what I have. I don't have 15 of them, but I got four of them out there, and it works great. So that's something for hunters to take advantage of as well. Um, and as we've talked to before, Brent, obviously some regulation changes and everything, um, mineral blocks and all that stuff. That's kind of off the off the pattern now. If you can't put it in the ground, you can't put it out there. Right. Yep. It's um, basically like some of my cameras right now are on the edges of food plots, and then or on trails that are coming out of the woods. I haven't got any deep into the woods yet. And I will be moving that around shortly as soon as I get some time to uh, get in there a little bit. And, and then I, with that Cuddy Link system, I don't have to go check that camera. I can put it in the woods, and it can stay there all fall if I want. I mean, it's just it's a really slick unit. Are the deer, are the, the ones you're seeing, are, are they still in velvet right now, uh, Brent, or are they starting to lose that? Uh, pretty much everything so far that I've seen is all in velvet. Um I haven't uh, seen or heard of any hardhorn yet, but we're not far from it. Yeah, because basically all we are is uh, about a month out from uh, bow opener, which is amazing to me. Um, the other thing, too, is you, had, you and I were talking off air uh, for acorns this year, which is always a big thing, early season bow, uh, especially in the red oaks. If you've got some of those on your property, you want to hit those. Yeah, 
Um, white oaks seem to have quite a few, but I've noticed in the red oaks, they are so thick. They've actually been dropping um, at my house for quite a while, probably a month, and they were dropping really little and green, and uh, there was just too many acorns in the trees to support it, so they've been falling out. Um, but the acorn crop looks really good again this year. So that'll be something really early season for, for hunters to take advantage of. The other thing, too, is uh, this is the time of the year to get your bow, you know, maintenance-wise, ready to go. Uh, you don't want to wait on that, Brent, because you guys get really busy in the fall there at Barmit Outdoors, um, getting it restrung and, and making sure everything's working right and all that. Get your bow in now. Yeah. You know, um, the longer you wait, the longer it's going to take. We, um, It's taken a little bit longer already to get some strings and cables and some different things. Um, you know, we're getting, there's some days where we're backed up with bows, so he who waits is probably going to have to wait longer. Um, it's something that we can't necessarily turn around that same day now because they're getting, I mean, we're starting to get pretty hammered. What do you look at as far as some of the new bows? I know you posted on Facebook here the other day the new Raven crossbow, uh, which I think is just an amazing piece of equipment. Um, so that's out there. But there's some other bows out there, too, that you're pretty excited about. Yeah, you know, that little Raven, the R26, is an awesome little uh, weapon. Um, but the new Matthews Vertex, I mean, we've just been flying through those. It's a great shooting bow got a 30 inch axle to axle um super smooth draw really quiet and um that bow has a what's called switch cam technology um all bows have always been driven by the limbs and weight well now and they still are but now they have it in the cam too where if you shoot a 28 inch draw you can buy a 28 inch 60 pound module or a 20 and a 28 inch 70 pound module and you don't have to crank the limbs, so the geometry of the bow stays the same. And but you can change it by ten or five pound increments uh, just by the module change. So it's a pretty neat um, concept and just an awesome bow. Shoots pretty fast too. Yeah, it's in the three forties um, and quiet and smooth. I mean, you guys got to come out and shoot it just to see what I'm talking about because it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's amazing these bows. You and I have always talked about this every year. You think how can they come up with something new? Um, because they've just reinvented the wheel so many times, but they seem to. Yep, they always they seem to just keep moving forward and uh, getting better and better. And um, you know, I quit trying to guess on on what they're coming out with because most the time I think I know it comes out and it just blows your mind or something completely different you know just get your bows checked out take a look um get them into the shop if they need string work the sooner the better and uh we'll go from there and and we'll uh you know those deer are going to start turning hard horn pretty soon and it's coming that's for sure and then once again all food plot if people need you know equipment and and, and all the food plot accessories and all that they can get it there there you go. Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, just west of Brainerd Baxter on Highway 210. Brent Beimert. Brent, I appreciate it. Uh, we will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. 
Rapaway Marine and Sport is your full-service marine repair facility along with repair and service of ATVs, side-by-sides, and snowmobiles. All service work is performed by a factory-trained professional with years of experience. Rapaway Marine and Sport will get your recreational vehicle back up and running in no time with trusted service and timely return. Find Rapaway Marine and Sport on Facebook for weekly updates. Rapaway Marine and Sport, located just south of Staples on County Road 7. Rapaway Marine and Sport. Check out BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. You'll find sponsor links and product spotlights, podcasts of past shows, and you can email Brian all at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Now here's your host of Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. Once again, time for our Hungry Hunter segment here on the show. As always, we bring in our good friend Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon in Baxter. And I want to say, Joel, we are about a month away from the archery season, which is hard to believe. The summer's just flown by. But uh, that means people are going to be out deer hunting, and you got a great venison recipe this week, pepper-crusted venison steaks. And we're also going to top that with a, uh, with a verde sauce. So first off, we'll start making our verde sauce. Start off with some chopped parsley, extra virgin olive oil, diced yellow onion, some fresh chopped garlic, and some capers. We're going to toss all that into a food processor, just uh, emulsify it all up, get it nice and chopped together, and we'll set that aside. And we'll take our nice venison steaks out, you know, the best, the best premium cuts you got, whatever you got laying around, I guess. And we'll season those up with uh, uh, fresh cracked black pepper. Have a nice coarse ground or uh, here ground up yourself. And we'll season those heavily, both sides, a little bit of salt in there as well. Let those sit. I like to let them sit for, you know, five minutes just to let that seasoning kind of adhere to the steak. And we're going to go straight to a cast iron skillet with these. You know, nice and uh, about a medium-high heat, not too high, but... Get a nice, nice sear on the outside of those, three to four, five minutes on a side. Don't want to don't overdo it. Make sure you're not burning the, your steaks too much. Flip them over another five minutes on that side. Go to about a nice medium rare, depending on the thickness of your steaks. We'll pull those off. Let them sit for a little bit. Slice them on the bias. Pour over our verde sauce and... Away you go. Away you go. You know, and we stress this all the time, and I, and I don't think we can really stress it enough for those that maybe aren't, you know, cooking with wild game. Don't overcook it. And venison, we talked about it last week with duck. Uh, venison is another one that, and I've cooked a lot more with venison. You can easily overcook it. Goes quickly. Yeah, happens very quickly. Yep. So uh, don't have the heat too terribly high. But uh, this sounds great. So and it sounds pretty easy too. It's very easy. Real simple process. So if you want to give it a shot, to head to our website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the recipes tab, and you can try pepper crusted venison steaks. Chef Joel. Black Bear Lodge and Saloon in Baxter. Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Brian. And that'll wrap up this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5. You can also uh, stream the show if you're out of town or away from your radio. BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com is where you can do that. And we are all over the podcast networks wherever you download podcasts, whether it be Google Play, Apple Podcast, uh, Podcast One, uh, you can download us, and uh, big thanks to Lakes Area Flood and Fire and Rapaway Marine with uh, helping us out with that. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon.
Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Thielen Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liveax Marine in Isle, S&W Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Pine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Rag your truck accessory pros join brian moon saturday mornings at seven sunday evenings at seven and monday mornings at five right here on b93.3